morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique of in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is our post-Christmas episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. And yeah. technically, this is like our last review episode per se, because um, up next, or at least you could say in the next couple of episodes, we will just be running through our best of lists. Um, and that includes right. hip-hop, which you'll start with first. And then we'll end things off with best movies, uh, best TV, also worst movies because yes, there was some there was some bullshit that came out um, this year. Um, as far as hip hop goes, I may I was I got ticket about it, but I may throw in a couple other like new titles or new categories I didn't have before, like say you know top songs or worst albums. You know what I mean? Even though like I don't want to go as far as the this particular artist or whatever like that. You know, next thing you know, he come and blast me. On, on, a, on a rap tune or on Twitter or whatever it is. I, I, I want to avoid that kind of shit, right? But, you know, just to spice things up and make it a little bit more, you know, um, unique there, you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know in your case, Ricardo, if you have like a top 10 list of albums, but, you know, you can mention That's songs cool. that you liked and, you know. Yeah. Just, I just have a handful of songs. I just have a handful of songs and maybe like two albums that you really listen to this year, per se. Um, two or three albums I could just would mention. It's really just pretty popular stuff. Nothing, um, you know, not that popular or relatively obscure. Right. Yeah, most of um, mainstream blow-up stuff, so. Yeah, right. Um, also, um, as I've always done before, I will count down my favorite EPs of 2018, hip-hop EPs, and instrumental yeah. albums. And, you know, as far as the next episode goes, like I said, we're going to talk best and worst movies of. In this case, like I said, you know, I wanted to do the top 18, you know, best of the year. And there was a lot, a lot, 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 lot of great movies to choose from. But I figure, you know what, 10 is the one that you really remember out of everything else. You know what I mean? The 11 to 18 won't really matter in the long run, but if you see the top 10, that's the ones to really think about. So um, I'm almost done finalizing my list, just say for one film. Um, and, you know, this movie here, what we're going to talk about um, next, I would say have a chance to make uh, of, of making it on my list, but um, it kind of falls a little short, unfortunately, though, so it may end up being an honorable mention. Um, this is Joseph Kahn, if you remember him as the director of many of Eminem's, um, you know, most popular music videos in the yeah. uh, late 90s and 2000s. Um, his movie, Bodied. Right. This is a movie that we were hyped to see ever since we saw that that trailer, that brutal, <laughs> you know, um, traitor, um, trailer, sorry. We, we'll explain, the, you know, we'll elaborate on, on the whole brutal aspect of it, right? Um, so you'll talk about that. Also, uh, two movies, two big theatrical releases for the Christmas holidays, um, which we managed to see before the time is recording. Uh, this would be Bumblebee, which is right. more or less, I would say, an unofficial reboot, reboot of, the, of the Transformers franchise, but more right. like a prequel of sorts to the... You no, know, the a it's, more of a, it's more of a soft reboot, I would argue, um, because okay. it, it directly contradicts certain elements, especially from the last film. Yes. And I don't know, well, before we mention it, I'm just probably going to, well, I'll mention it in your review, but uh, yeah, it's kind of, a, I'll try to interpret it more like a soft reboot rather than some an actual prequel. Right, right, right. Yeah. And last but not least, um, the final superhero movie of 2018, one okay. that, you know, whether it is a Marvel head or unless you just so, so hardcore Marvel, you don't really care about anything that DC does. But let's face it, every man Jack wanted to see the show. And now it's here. Right. Of course, they're talking about. DC's Aquaman, boy. Yeah, uh, yeah we have we have some stuff to talk about that show. Uh, oh, yeah, boy. 
We don't review of Gilmonger. They call him Gilmonger for now. <laughs> yeah, Gilmonger. Uh, okay. All right, so we'll start things off with uh, Bodied, right? Um, and like I said, this was a movie that um, I genuinely was excited for um, ever, so, ever since I saw the first trailer fit. And the trailer fit was it. Basically, it's. Um, all right, so as I mentioned, Joseph Kahn, Eminem. If you remember back in 2003 with the excellent, and I still see the best rap movie ever made. I, yes, I fucking said it. Eight Mile, um, which right. essentially was about battle rapping, right? Well, slash yeah. freestyling, right? Um, and in this case, with this, with the first shit that we got for Body, we're introducing rapper of Megaton, who is this Arabic American rapper, this really tough battle rapper, right? And he's like just intimidating this skinny, nerdy looking white kid, right? Um, the white kid doesn't even get a chance to speak anything. You can see the fear in his eyes, right? And it's basically. Uh, Megaton just decimating this guy, lyric by lyric, bar by bar, just dissing this guy, just breaking him down to like bare, mo- to like you know mo- molecules basically, right, of a mandarin, just literally fucking him up, trend. and it's just like the most vicious, hate-filled um, fr- um, battle rap like I've seen portrayed on screen. Now. The fuck are you, a little fucking state prison fucking rape victim? Uh- it's a new face of racism. I'm surprised you didn't show up here today with a slave with him chained to him. He hates African-American culture because he was raised different. He hates Clinton, Abe Lincoln, pretty much anybody that can relate with him except Blake Griffin. He feels a little bit more safe with him because they share the same pigment. Bitch, hip-hop has been for minorities. It's never been for you geeky asses. Matter of fact, what are these, your little fucking reading glasses you need for your English classes? Man, give me that shit. Man, I stomped these into pieces and fragments, and now you can keep them. He can have this. Now you get to complete your dream of being this genius math whiz because everything you see is in fractions. I get the fuck out of here, you little fucking dweeby. And I saw it, and I was like, holy shit, I need to see this. And then the second trailer came out, and it got more context as to what it was about. But what was interesting was that it was a YouTube original film. Or at least they were the ones that were kind of marketing this film, were more or less distributing the film now. So I thought it was just some um, some kind of big company was involved, but no, it's them really. Well, at least it's their logo that you see at the beginning of this film here, right? Um, so just to jump into what the story is about, right? So we're introduced to the character of Adam Merkin, who is played by Callum Woody, um, and he is a graduate student, and basically he um, he's into poetry and stuff, and he's doing this thesis on the use of the word nigger in battle rap now. So basically, yeah. it's the argument that, okay, in battle rap, or in rap in general, I could use the word nigger, right? But yeah. it goes as far as to saying that, you know, if you really want to decimate your opponent, but you're not black, you could still right. use that, no, you could still use that word just to get the crowd hype up and get them all shocked and, you know, shocked fast, right. basically, right? So, not to spend too much time talking about the, the plot of it, although there mm-hmm. is... I would argue there is a lot to talk about with this movie. Um, so he has a girlfriend. She, of course, does not like rap because she finds it all misogynistic and why they dissing people and why, you know, bitch and nigga and all that kind of stuff. She just doesn't get, right? But what I like about her character uh, is that she is willing to understand what's going on. So she tags along with him and we see them at the beginning of this um, this rap battle. So, like, unlike 8 Mile, it's not in Detroit, but it's actually in LA, right? So, um... Through some circumstances, he meets one of his most beloved battle rappers. His name is 
Ben Grimm, who was played by Jackie Long. Last time I saw him, to be honest, was a, a little a little urban drama that I quite enjoy called ETL with your boy T.I. Right. Really yeah. enjoyed that movie. Really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really, really, really liked his performance in that movie too, Jackie Long. I really loved his performance. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he is a vicious battle rapper as well, but he's the type of person that will kind of watch you, kind of way, and, you know, kind of analyze you first and then hit you. Know? So he doesn't yeah. go like trying to be this big, broad, um, big, you know, badass, now, but basically you will just call you out on your shit. That's his style, right? So they form like a little, well, basically, like Adam is just kind of asking Ben some questions, you know, about the use of the word nigger. And then, through some circumstances, once again, which I will not reveal, um, Adam gets to show off his verbal skills, basically, right, against another white rapper. And yeah. I like the way how they set up where basically this guy, he, I think he calls himself um, Pistols or Battle Pistols or something like that. And yeah. it's, it essentially is like, you know, this showdown at the OK Corral, basically, right? Just these two you know, white kids basically going head to head, you know, verbally, right? So, of course, you know, the, the battle goes viral. Everybody, everybody's like, who's, oh shit, who's this guy, right? And I was like, well, I don't really have a name as yet. And that's like a, a running gag in the film. Like, he does not have a, a, a you know, a, a rap name, basically. And essentially, he ends up being, well, he ends up taking part in this um, battle rap contest. Um, one of the, the judges, ironically enough, is Charlemagne the God. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. seeing him yeah. in that show. But yeah, so yeah. eventually throughout the show, um, he meets other rappers. In, um, he meets a Korean-American rapper, and they have this little running gag where everybody kind of calls him up for being Asian or Chinese, but it's like, no. No, sorry. Either, they either say he's Chinese or Japanese, but it's like, no, I'm Korean, dude. Like, what the fuck, right? Um, there's also this uh, African-American female rapper. Um, right. It's really, um, I would say, full-figured rapper. Um, and, yeah. you know... Her, her, her shtick is that, oh, well, everybody want to call me a bitch, you know, because the way how I talk, the way how I dress or whatnot. But she kind of comes to expect that. She will just hit you hard. She will, get, she will throw dick jokes at you, you know, just real bashing. That, that's her style. Um, and there's also, like, a couple of um, Hispanic rappers as well. I thought they were pretty funny. But eventually, it kind of leads to this big confrontation with Megaton, who is, like, the big, bad you know the, the the boss dog of the of the battle rap um, game in 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 LA, right? And like I, like I said before at the beginning, he's this vicious son of a bitch right, who will not he does not have a filter to what he says at all. He will just destroy you, like brutalize you, like make you feel less of a person. Now. And essentially, the show is just well, what what um, what I did not expect, but what I actually grew to appreciate with the film is that it kind of shows the hypocrisy not just of battle rap but of rap music itself, basically that. Oh, in this avenue, in this arena, I could come and say, well, you know, your mother was in bed with me and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. But the attitude behind it is that you always have to come aggressive. And I'll just jump into, well, my quick thoughts on it, right? So the good stuff that I liked about it, right? Once again, it's exposing the whole hypocrisy of battle rap because um, when you really think about it, right? These guys, or at least these people who do this, let's face it, they all want that record deal, right? They all want to be signed to some label, right? Sometimes they get through, sometimes they don't, sometimes they have to pay the dues, and most times it's either through mixtapes or battle rapper, right? But it's the idea that you will get through, right? And you just always have to come hard every single week or every single time they meet up just to see where you are to see and bash your opponent and whatnot. So, like, when I was watching this thing, um, like, um, how in 8 Mile, you know, they use the comparison boxing, like with the intro when you saw Eminem doing, you know, um, at the mirror in the bathroom, listen to Shook 1's part 2, 
Love that fucking scene, by the way. But him basically kind of moving like if he was, you know, shadow boxing, you know what I mean? Like kind of like a, a raging bull kind of vibe, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I like that they do a little subtle um, not at, at eight mile way saying, dude, this, is, this isn't boxing, you know what I mean? There's a whole idea like, yeah, I had to get ready and, you know, shadow boxing and all that kind of stuff. But think about it in terms of boxing or, or more my turn while I was, what the, the sport I was thinking about more was like wrestling, like professional wrestling. Like think about yeah. it. You always happen to go into the ring, yeah. As, 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 yeah, as, as, as right as like what those like what these these wrestlers say night after night. Although I honestly think they they they're just talking shit. Maybe yeah, maybe I, maybe I, they yeah. do this thing night after night. But I like really I, nah, boy. I thought, the, I thought the film would have addressed that a little better. Um, in terms of you know the kayfabe culture, but what this cut too deep and what legit and what not legit. It right, doesn't do right. a good. That's in that. But go ahead now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, using wrestling as an analogy here, you know, you're just going there, you are delivering verbal blows to your opponent, you taking licks, right? But you acting as if, well, using kayfabe here, you acting as if, nah, these things don't phase me, man. You know, you could talk shit about my mom, you could talk shit about my girlfriend, whatever my wife. This ain't doing nothing for me, cause I a hard rapper. But the only day you walk away with that is like, dude, this man. This man talks shit about me. I had to live with that. I had to take them harm, those harsh words and go home with that shit now. You know what I mean? So it's that kind of aspect that, um, that I like that the show, you know, um, at least shown a light on. Although I agree with you, I wish they could have gone a little bit deeper with it now. Although they do kind of hint at it, they do show it actually uh, with a little subplot that happens with Ben Grimm and, um, and Adam. And um, while it did feel a little forced, as in, okay, well, we have to have the student fight the mentor. So now the student has, well, sorry, so the mentor to come hard on him. Okay, he's a white boy and he do this thesis and yell, moving that kind of way. But, you know, you kind of put Adam in a corner. So now Adam had to come and expose Ben for what he really is. And that's another thing that I like about it, right, where you go into the whole economical aspect of it, where it's like, well, yeah, Ben doing this thing as a, um, being his battle rapper, he earning money on his side, but at the same time, he have a day job, right? He have a wife, he have a kid. So... It's like he had to do what he can to put food on the table, even if it means going into this, this um, arena every single week and just verbally dis, um, destroying a guy. Now. But when you get this, when you get exposed for the stuff that you're doing, it's like how are you gonna take that? How are you gonna process that now? So that aspect I liked um, about the film, and I like how their acts ended. Basically, it, it felt I wouldn't say realistic, but it felt like yeah, this this had to happen. Like there was there's no other way to. To, 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 to end their acts than this way. Like, there has to be some sort of side effect or some kind of consequence to, to Battle Rabbit. Like, you can't just bash a man and see this and that and be like, yeah, we're cool, man. We're going to link up next week. Like, it, it don't right. work like that. It, it cuts really deep. But, um, Ricardo, you, 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 I, I know you're really excited to, to, to express your thoughts on what you, I guess, didn't like about the film. But, um, but just to start things off, what did you like about the film, if anything? Uh, what I did like, um, some of the rhymes, some of the, the actual battles themselves were pretty good, especially coming down to the end. Um, yeah, there were those, 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 a few rhymes was like, yeah, I saw that punchline coming. Ah, right. that, was, that was clever. <laughs> but others right. was like, God damn, they actually went right. that far, boy. In this movie, right. in this context, they went that far. I, I did, like, I did like a, a couple of those character reveals and character twists involved, especially, um, you know, uh, gosh, you, you black fellow, no, you ben, um, ben, like, Grimm. ben Grimm, right? Yeah, I thought I, I like what they do to that, some of that was good. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna just and I like the central premise. The premise of this is great in terms of an outsider 
you know, in the case of Eminem, Eminem lived amongst, you know, people for, the, for this long period of time. So he wasn't really outsider to the culture. But what happens if a true outsider of the culture comes in and tries to, you know, insert themselves and see what happens? And I thought that premise, and it's a premise I kind of squandered. Um, I'm going to straight up say it. This felt like an extended Mad TV sketch. What? Yeah. It was kind of kind of silly. Look, 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 look. They, they could have gone the Malibu's most wanted route. You know, white kid trying to be black, but they didn't do that. Right. Bad. It was kind of like that all times for me. A couple of moments was kind of like that for me. In terms of like, oh, this, this, that's, the reason, that's the reason why you're doing this. So like, okay. Um, and then a couple of moments like that for me. Um, but it felt like an extended Mad TV sketch that they just decided to make a more serious script off of. And you think it's Deborah Wilson show up in the movie, so that like kind of you know slightly validate my, my, my speculation there. Um, yeah. I, I, I love her appearance in the film, by the way. I love her appearance. Like, like her, ca- her character, the stuff that she said. The and, books, and, no, but well, by the way, she's, she's like the dean of the school. And there's this moment yeah. where you're just zeroing in on the books that she wrote. I was like, wow, sharp, sharp, sharp. <laughs> You know, it, it was like a, it was like a, like a Spike Lee esque moment, basically. You know, like a, like a dear white people kind of moment. I love that. Been, that was a little highlight of the film because to me, the film could have been more like that instead of you know relying on normal dialogue. Um, it could have done that as well. Like you, you have the battle rap stuff finding itself in other parts of his life now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't get we didn't get enough of that. I uh, thought that that was a little dropped slightly missed opportunity, slightly dropped ball there, and. Well, then, the, a lot of the rhymes are a lot of corny-ass rhymes for this. I thought they could have sat down and write better rhymes or write, write better lyrics to some of these scenes. Um, um, the um, well, 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 sorry to stop you there, but um, you're talking about, like, Adam's rhymes. I felt it, it, it kind of matched his personality to me. The whole, like, well, you know, well, you, know you, you do this and you do that, you know, it has this kind of cool key kind of moodiness to it now. You know, not only his, it was, his, yeah, his had some corny lines, but it had some just other corny lines for other characters, like, oh, the, the big badass fella, um, was in a Megaton. He had yeah. some kind of bad tone, like, oh, well, they could have, get, they could have do this better, though. Um, true, true, true. And then, like, a lot of the conflicts for the characters, they could have sussed out a little better. It's like, oh, well, that is what they decided to do with this. With, like, okay, like, the, one big disappointment was the, the black girl and the Asian fella. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was just that? Oh, that is all they do with that? Okay. And they just move on. Like, well, it's just part of the competition, and that was apparently clever by taking each other's place in the premise of each other's rhymes, because they insult each other, apparently. Right, right. right. but you didn't really see the conflict, like, developed, or just, well, we in this, and this is how it is, so all of a sudden, in the third act, this is how we solve the problem, right? You know what I mean? Like that. Um, At least with the the Korean guy, you kind of saw, well, all right, well, he works at this restaurant, blah, 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 this is how he had to do things. Uh, one thing, the one thing, one slight negative that I have with the show um, is, yes, I do understand that they're playing, you know, with and against um, racial stereotypes, uh, but there are moments, and I do love the kind of fun vibe to it, but it's almost at times where it's not too sure if it wants to be like a like a real sharp satire, or if it just wants right. to be like a Malibu's Most Wanted-like kind of comedy. I felt that, especially in the second act, where, like, Adam and the other characters had to more or less, like, you know, um, hang out together, basically. Now. So this kind of felt like, you know, like every 2000s urban comedy, like if you ever see Next Friday, right. you know, they, they get into some crazy shit. They go into a house party. You know, the, the guy there has guns. You know what I mean? It's like all that stuff. Even though I get, you're playing against racial stereotypes, I get, but it almost feels like a 2000s, you know, 
you know, yeah, that, that's, I, I, that's what I was about to get to as well. Is that it's like, wait, wh- you know, why is he doing this such a scenario? Like that, that whole scene inside the guy's place when they went to the party and he was with the girl. I was like, yeah, yeah, get that, out that, that, that dragged for me. Although, I, like, yes, I get trying to set something up, but I felt the, the film kind of stopped to just give me this, this gag. Now. And then the way how right. they kind of see it, well, oh, well, you did this. We're not going to see what it is. Well, you know what? We're going to settle it out at, at the arena, man. Yes. And I like, I like that Adam was like, but wait, but you could have just pulled out your gun and or go outside and do something. We talking about Cody and Reba yeah. battling for and that. Like, okay, but ship it too, where where she now coming to rap and battle rap with you, and it's like she just do the most basic dumb lines with that tuna. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they could have really get more clever with this. And, um, and I get, I get what they're trying to do with Megaton's character, where it's like, well, you. Clearly, he's overcompensated for something. Hence the reason why he's always so aggressive every time he comes up to somebody. I get that. And, like, he just does not stop. He just keeps going. Okay, but um, take, for example, in 8 Mile, where the big reveal when he was going up against um, Papa Duck, when Emma's going up against Papa Duck, is like, oh, well, you know, your name's Clarence, and you went to Crenbrook High School, and then he flips the salt, uh, the shook one thing. He's scared of death. He's scared to look at a fucking yearbook, uh, fuck crank book. Like, that is sharpener, because that's, like, something that he would pick up on when he went to this uh, house party that he didn't even want to go to. He just saw one of, uh, one of uh, Papa Duck's, this girl that he was with, and she just mentioned it. Something that would have just slipped the audience now. But in this case, is oh, yeah, show it, and it's kind of sleazy, and it's kind of, you know, dumb. Right. And, uh, yeah. in, you know, hood, that, hood, that, hood that, comedy that. stereotypes, but it's like, whatever. And then you just bring it back up, like, okay, this is a, a big deal, really, yeah. like. Yeah, that that again. Another thing too is that well, the YouTube thing. So I don't know if I I bias against YouTube, but it's something about this editing and cinematography just look a little off at times. I don't know if it's if it's because it's YouTube um, compression, but it should just look really amateur, like shockingly amateur. It doesn't look like a final product. It feels like just a kind of shitty YouTube video at times in terms of the edit and how it cut and how it just flow. It just feels like just low. I don't know if I if I engage in and I kind of gatekeep it here and you know YouTube should make movies, but I feel like I, I feel like a shitty YouTube movie, like <laughs> yeah, especially early in the film. It just had us these weak weak edits, um, you know, weak weak cutting. Just 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 everything just felt amateurish overall in this as a product. Uh, so I didn't really feel that. Um, well, well, for me though, um, like I was looking at it, um, the well the slight little grip, um, gripes I had, um, technically. Is that um, there are some moments that do feel like you know, like you're, you're really trying to sell the music video aspect of it. Um, yeah. You have this artificial, shaky cam vibe, you know, especially with that. Um, well, the, the the scene that I mentioned before that was in the trailer, the first trailer with Megaton and the other guy. Um, you know, the camera shaking and stuff. And yeah, I know a lot of people probably forget this movie exists. Remember a little movie called You Got Served. Yeah, but, like, remember, remember, remember there was a shot, right, with Omarion and I think it's his brother, um, brother Marcus, right? The, in one of the final um, um, dance offs, <laughs> I'll never forget, um, oh gosh, when little kid was there, you know, it's like, keep it ghetto, keep it street, or keep it hood, keep it street. It was, it was one of the corniest lines I've ever heard in my life, right? But yeah. remember there was a part where both of them, right, jumped at the same time and, and defeated the floor. And there was like, the, the trying to... Um, um, uh, emphasize the earth shockner. So there's this artificial shake that they do, like in posts, but it looks so cheesy, you know, like 
This yeah. is like real early 2000s BT music video yeah. shit that I see in here. It's and they replicate like, that, especially like when they trying to emphasize, oh, man coming in front of your face. So let you do the camera shake there. It's like, no, this is, like, I understand. Joseph Kahn come from the 2000s music video school. I get that. Cool. But yeah. no, no disrespect, no disrespect to the man, but it's 2018, bro. Like, yeah. this kind of shit okay. looks, looks dated, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, the same thing with this. Um, the, the, yeah, that's what I say with this. It, it feel like it just feel like, and it feel like this. What watching like a Bobona music video or something like that. Like in terms of that weird YouTube, how YouTube just shoot stuff. Right. Like you know, it has, I don't know. They, they use red cameras, but they don't color it well, and it don't look like okay. I'm, I have a big bias towards how Ari does look in terms of the milky listener. You got that slightly filmic, solid look with stuff now. Um, yeah, we just call it the name. It is cream. You have the cream effect now. Yeah, basically, right. yeah, you didn't yeah, that. It's just these bright flat shots, and it just didn't look good at all. Um, for me, in my opinion, it still looked fine, but whatever. Um, and well, I'll say some of the dialogue. Um, just some of the dialogue of these characters. This is not even the the, the lyrics or the raps, but just characters talking to each other. Holy shit! The, the girlfriend, she's a terrible character. Like how unrealized. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Now I want to treat it as like a self-aware moment, but I do like. Um, there's a scene that um. Her at a, at a, um, at the college that they that they both attend, right? This class right. they have it, right? And she steps up. This is where they have this after they had this huge argument, right? Basically about his his character changing and why. I don't yeah, mind that. Right. Uh, okay, all kind of an interesting betrayal, maybe, maybe. But just her as a person overall is like, all right, you you are also a dated stereotype of what a supposedly feminist woke character is supposed to be. You know? like everything is a caricature. And I really, here's the simple fact that uh, personally I would prefer to with some. Every right. movie was meant, as, as I say, I keep saying, it felt like I watched an extended Mad TV sketch. It felt like, a, like if somebody made a Mad TV movie. Because it was meant to be, it, every, everything felt like a caricature. And I wanted this to be a little more grounded, personally. Um, right. If the whole thing was more grounded, a little more realistic in terms of characters bouncing off each other, how they rely, relating to each other with the exact same story. And so you change the dialogue accordingly, you change the situations and how it's shot according. This could have been great. Um, but as it is, it just was just corny as hell. Not that funny, not that engaging for me. Um, again, the central premise is great. And they had a couple ideas and moments that I really like. Like, again, when they went to uh, Ben Grimm's home, I actually thought that scene was pretty good. Um, yeah. Although, I, I, I would have, I would, I would have, like, cut out the whole... Oh, so you think because you're white and you know more about rap music that you woke, huh? You know, that is, um, that Ben's wife does. Like, I, no, I, get, I, I, I get, I guess, I, but it's like, all right. No, I, I, that, that, worked, that worked for me. No, but that, that makes that work for me in terms of, like, where the, the conflict and the, this, and the story went now. Because, like, yeah, it makes sense that the wife would do some shit like that and call him out. Especially since Ben Grimm knew him and he's a friend and he kind of played nice and, you know, you don't want to know, you don't want him to know that he's a programmer and so on and so, right? And... I don't know, this movie just dropped the ball in almost in many, many years. And here's the thing, I would have liked it more. I liked it a lot more if a little movie, a little movie that we're gonna talk about when well tomorrow, called Blind Spotting didn't come out. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it you know, Blind Spotting did everything that this should have been doing in terms of talking about race relations, talking about hip hop culture, rap culture, grounded, um, like uh, just basically struggles of the black community and whatnot and, and the the concepts of what it means to live a certain life um, in context of race relations, because that, a lot of that is that, right? And then, mm. on top of that, they didn't even address the N-word thing even properly as well. Like, they didn't even get into the idea of, well, 
that the, the flowing arc should have been his thesis about Iraq, but he just dropped that. So that was stupid. Too. The movie is very unfocused. That's the main problem with this. And a lot of it doesn't work for me. As All I said, right, well, get, this shit with a Guerrero shit 10 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago. But now, nah, Jared, it, we are a little too sophisticated for that, Jared. Yeah, given, given the subject matter, and, and it, it, it just couldn't fly for me. Um, anyway, go ahead. All right, so what I would say before we get to ratings is that um, for some strange reason, I still was, uh, I still found it very entertaining. Um, yeah. It does run a tad bit too long. It's two hours. But um, apart from the whole house party scene and how it kind of felt like, you know, going back to 2000s hood comedies, um, I, I wasn't bored. Um, I like the yeah. fact that they, they did that really explore the topics but at least address a lot of topics um over this this um this two hour runtime they they had a lot of stuff that they wanted to, to talk about but um maybe it's just that they just need to zero in on a few things and really just uh, expound on those instead of oh well here's a scene and we're going to talk about this and here's a scene we're going to talk about that here's a conversation scene with adam and his, and his girlfriend and oh she doesn't understand she's woke and let's have that scene with her in the in the um, college where she kind of says what well, you do know, always have that that girlfriend in those films that you know they, they say it's a bit shittery but it's like i'm not like yeah. that blah 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 right um i wish that it could have been a better resolution for her and the boyfriend like for for her and adam sorry like i kind of get um in terms of adam's um character arc but it's like right. okay you just kind of like oh by the way this this happened it, it doesn't work out the way we play out you know um, and as far as the character I go of, of Adam, like, I get it. I totally get it. It just could have been a little bit stronger, like, just a little bit punchy, in my opinion. So you really yeah, feel I'm, like, okay, this yeah. is, he just really came in kind of naive, and then he became the mon- this this monster, if you will, right? Um, right. And a couple more things. Uh, music choices. Right. Uh, okay. I like me some 2000s rap. I like me, I, I, used, to gr- I, I used to watch Rhapsody a lot. But, um, okay, you're, you're throwing Auntie up from MOP. Love that shit. Love right. it. But, um, and, and, you know, T.I.'s, You Don't Know Me. That's, that's cool. That, that was a dope track. Uh, but Jake wants Tipsy, though. Yeah, it dated. What? It, it, what? <laughs> yeah, it dated. That's, this is some 2004 shit you dropping on us, though. Tipsy? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, it, like it, it, I, I like it. the beat, huh? It's, it's dumb party shit, right? But I was back in 2004, Jared, like, yeah. So I was wondering Everything. once again if, if this is Joseph Khan going back to the 2000s or this is, well, Eminem being a producer. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say that this is something like this is idea that he had in his head, like, while it was on the set of 8 Mile. Okay, like, right. if this thing came out in the 2000s, like, in the around maybe after 8 Mile, like, that would have been like a really cool, like, exactly. like this is that now. So it does yeah. feel dated, but the music really did not help Jared. I thought yeah. he could have gotten some, you know, some trap. Assisted production, something that feels yeah. like 2010s. It's no, but it still does this dumb thing where that's what it felt like. It felt like this dumb thing of, well, uh, you know, all rap music after 2010 is complete trash and this kind of stuff now. And it's like, yeah. no, but if you're talking about something that's supposed to be in 2018, you, you could select and look for genuinely great rap that does exist, you know, uh, you know, post to it exists <laughs> like. M yeah. couldn't could get Joyner Lucas. Oh, by the way, um, props to, to Joyner yeah. Lucas and M for being nominated for this song, Lucky You. They got a Grammy nom for best um, rap performance. But get some Joyner Lucas or something. You might have yeah. dope shit. And, to watch. 
Yeah, and the mere fact this was on YouTube felt, you know, that this this needed to be rushed out and they needed to just push this out because again it's on YouTube, so that make it real suspect now. Like I know it have some products on YouTube that pretty decent. But yeah, holy shit, YouTubers have some generally low quality crap though. You know, almost all of YouTube red and thing is nonsense. And I think the only thing that people like was um what do they call it? The karate kid thing. Yeah, cool. Uh, Love that. Yeah, that's right. The for I understand that is about and even that this is name does kind of rub me the wrong way the way it's shut and looking looking flat as hell. Um <laughs> It's a TV show. <laughs> this, this is a big disappointment for me, Jordan. Um, right, well, know, especially... I, I, I honestly didn't hate it as much as you did. I Like I said, I was thoroughly entertained by it. But I just wish that with all the, the ideas, because they have a lot of really great thought-provoking ideas, especially, like I say, with the hypocrisy of rap and things, but they could have gone a lot deeper. But as what made it frustrating too is that, yeah, you had all these great ideas that you just didn't execute well now. Um, yeah. It's like, wow, this was, again, a big kind of waste. Again, it's a disappointment. I don't hate it necessarily, but it really had its moments. But those moments are too far and far, um, and, and few and far between for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Judd. It's just everything about it. Can I get a better lead? I don't like the lead himself. I know I get he's supposed to be this skinny white kid. That bullshit now. But yeah. Who, 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 who think he way too smart for his own good? That kind of vibe uh, but he, even him, see them on camera, he look, you know, he look like DJ Qualls to me. Like, that is how caricature I he know, looks right? Like. Especially with the it ears. Looks... It's something about his, so, the face it's... and the ears. I was watching him, I was like, he have a kind of DJ Qualls kind of look to him, though. You know what I mean? And get somebody who was looking normal, Jared. Like, that is what make it work. Again, if they did a grounded, more grounded, left, I want to say, like I remember, term, realistic film, it could have worked. Or... If they did a grounded look to the characters, but then you did the whole battle rap thing, coming, everybody singing all the time, rapping all the time kind of thing, they could have, that would have worked. Because again, that one sequence inside the office was great. Like that yeah. little backpot we got with it, that was rhyming. And, you know, even the, the, guild, the, um, the dean was rhyming. It was rhyming, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but that, that, this was good though. Like they could have get more of that. No? And, oh, but they didn't do... You know the more to think about, you know, this... Actually, could have been like a nice little substitute for like dear white people. Like, if you stretch it out, maybe like as a series, not not full 12 episodes, but maybe like a 10 episodes, you could have like really focused, like zero in on all you know, many if not all of the topics that this show tried to address. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree with that in the sense of you know, you could flesh this out. It, it a lot of these ideas couldn't have been put together in one narrative or story. Um, and the, the, you're right about that. It's, it's one of those things that could have been it's kind of like you know, to me, there's a genesis now. You know, it's yeah, a bunch of these, yeah. but no, you could have fit in all of this. That, I, I agree. And I don't know, Joe, this, this, they could have do this. They could have just done much, much, much more with this in terms of what I had as a product. I just didn't, I just was surprisingly underwhelmed by this. Um, it and, had its and, moment. And, and the ironic part about it is, is that it's YouTube originals. Like, yo, Cobra Kai is a thing though. It's a series. It was a 10 episode run. Like this could have been 10. I, I would not mind. I wouldn't mind right. body. I would not mind this movie being actual series. Right? I would have enjoyed it. You know, just maybe yeah. one one freestyle per episode, whatever, and I'll be fine with it. You know what I mean? But yeah. And it, as I say, everything everything just felt underwhelming. The lyrics itself for some of the songs was, was pretty weak. It had some great lyrics. It had some. I get that it was going to the whole. Oh, we're cutting deep and we're gonna go after you kind of thing. But you saw that shit coming a mile away. Um, and I thought they would have done a lot more in terms of like this, that, or the other in terms of what people doing. Um, and then the, the I didn't think they, I, I was kind of annoyed that they didn't resolve, um, you know, his arc with um, thing properly. Like he just walk off and leave now. Um, 
with, with the men, yeah. And like, that like, was automatically, I get it, eh? but yeah, I agree. It's, even with with with, uh, with his girlfriend and all too, it just kind of stops like, oh, well, yeah, exactly. we're done. Bye. You know what I mean? That's it. Right. Um, one, and one more thing. One more thing. I I I, I was I had it in my head to, to bring it up before we uh, before I got to my rating, right? Um, I get where it was coming at with the the final shot of the movie, but that was uh, it. Really <laughs> did feel like wow, boy. This was just like. Oh hey, you know this is really about Eminem because he's the scapegoat of all this shit. Ha ha ha! So here's his yeah, song. My name is. Remember when that, that came out back in '99? Remember how big a deal that was? Ha ha! Yeah, yeah. What's stupid about that is that he already he already got a decent name. You know when the guy when the guy gave him his name, I forget what it was. Uh, in the beginning, um, and he said, you know, he just wanted to be called um thing, but when he was just called Mukum, yeah, because they looking. If he was Mokum, that to me Mokum is a good enough name. That would have fulfilled that. You needed to have a new name that you'd never hear about. But the Mokum yeah. name sounds kind enough. Because the guy, remember the guy is what his name is? Is Adam Mokin, right? Yeah, Mokin, Mokin. And then the guy decided so to call him Mokim, Mokim. That was a good name. That to yeah. me was a good enough, a good enough um, battle rap name. And what they decided to do there, well, oh, we don't know what it is, and they decided to let's lead into the slim shady thing. I was like, fuck off. That yeah. was shit. That was just yeah. outright dumb. And again, if it was 15 years ago, I'd have, that would have probably get away with that bullshit because, like, I, Eminem's still pretty popular. That was a pretty popular I song. Controversy still, still lingers right. in the air, and you know everything that that you it's know long, white, no. you know middle class America hate about rap. Yeah, right. Put it on M, and that's what that what this movie, that's what that end scene felt like. But it's like right. it's 2018. We 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 passed this. Yeah. We passed this shit. Yeah, to we that live that in a world with Takashi six nine and. <laughs> And friggin', you know, little peep, rest in peace, you know, characters like that, SoundCloud rappers. You don't need, I'm the scapegoat, remember me? You know, you don't need that reminder. We know, we know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, written, what is it written? Yeah, written, I still will give this a decent three and a half out of five. It is worth checking out, um, especially right. if you're a fan of rap music, if you're a fan of like the battle rap stuff. Because I find like, especially the battle rap stuff, there's some humorous shit in it, right? Um, right. It does have some forced rhymes in it, it did have some. Moments where it's like you could swear to kind of EDR some stuff, you know, whatever. But I still found it entertaining. I still found it like they had some really thought-provoking teams. It problem is, it's just that they had a lot to to, to really talk about. A lot that they wanted to get off to really express, but yeah. they just you to just kind of zero in on a few, take out some, and just zero zero in on the few and focus on those. So they're just trying right. to tell everything in two hours and not really doing much with them. But yeah. I didn't see uh, yeah. the movie at oh, all, yeah. but it's just uh, a squandered opportunity at the end, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I again, like a Mad TV sketch, brilliant premise, terrible execution. Um, that's why I keep saying it's an extended Mad TV sketch because it's a brilliant, brilliant premise. Actually, if you, if you do it right, it could have been this could have been great, and they just kind of squandered the premise for the most part. Everything just was underwhelming across the board for me. With this, this, this could have been the dear white people movie. Of 2018, right. but yeah. it's just oh, well, the gimmick is just to be how crude and vulgar and how much shock value okay. we can stop yeah, into the rap. That's that's that's, that's basically the been, gimmick. Yeah, yeah that could have been is how much shock value we could throw at you verbally. That's it, really. Uh, that that could have been folded into the narrative a little better. Uh, so that's about it. Um, four to ten. Uh, you know, I wish just could have been more. I would have a different lead. I'd have somebody who more normal looking instead of too nerdy looking. Um, too much character, character, caricatures in it. Yes, yes, yes. I've more grounded, more realistic versions of these characters. 
and just go to a more grounded approach and it could have worked better. Because him doing his thesis, whether it was a master's thesis, if I remember correctly, I must do him doing that um, would have worked better, um, in my opinion. Um, well, it was a postdoc, I forget what it was. Yeah, it was a thesis, but it never right. really get back to it. It's just, well, something happened and, well, yeah, no, and it's just, bye, okay. <laughs> what? Even factors like the guy was his father, was the teacher, the, author, the thing in the class, are like, really? Why is this relevant? That yeah. never became relevant. Oh, 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 no, I didn't like, I didn't like how the father was like, real, like, sibling, he tried to shit up his son, like, you know, right. trying to show that he still have a way with ladies, and he's so much better than his son, like, in every, in every aspect. <laughs> That was also quite an opportunity because they're gonna have a, a good back and forth with that in terms of his emotions with his dad. Um and have all of that working in terms of like I still the whole music and have it be like, well, battle rap exists everywhere now. They cannot do that. Where battle rap exists everywhere and you have that battle rap everywhere. And they didn't really didn't really use it. They just underutilize premise overall. Um even the guy they they they, they had the guy um who was his the guy who was the Asian fellow, the Korean. His the guy who was the fellow who was running the place died apparently. And yeah, I, I, I hated that joke. I hated, yeah, hated I that joke. That yeah. was that was that was on some Asian stereotype bullshit. I was like, yeah. no, no. But then he decided to mention this Asian stereotype. Alright, whatever, whatever. Moving yeah. on. Um, yeah. Um, last things last I will say before I forget. I mentioned earlier, the God was in this, right? So right. I actually legit laugh when I hear him say, "Yeah, put some respect on his name." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that one time when Birdman came and, you know, yeah. and Charlie was like, oh, well, he came and see, we had to say, I, I want to do it him, but yet you take yeah. his, put some respect on my name thing. Yeah. The movie. I thought that was hilarious. Right. It's a shame, it's a shame that they, they, they didn't sit down and do a little more research, you know, a little more, you know, have any pulse on the culture and instead of just this half ass script that come out that feel really dated, it's really a shame that they could have sat down with that now. Yeah, moving on. And one more thing, one one more thing, right? Because yes, there's so much to talk about this movie, eh? even though it was really underwhelming, right? Um, they could have explored the idea of them just being battle rappers themselves. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, it's either they get a record deal, they put out mixtapes or put this shit out on SoundCloud, or they just do this to, to build some kind of you know buzz in the you know in the in the in the in the hometown basically. But it's like, yeah. all right, so what is the next step for these guys, right? What well, are they just gonna be doing this for the rest of their life? Like wrestlers, they could do that shit until they just realize, okay, this like physically, this is damaging me, so I could quit now. But what's the future for these rappers? They're just gonna come and just take shit and just throw it back at the at the at the opponents. Like, what's the next step? I, uh, I wish they could have gone deeper into that. It's just oh well, you know, new week, new battle. Ah, okay, right, I whatever. Yeah. All right. So moving along, um, and. Well, you know, I, I just honestly really wanted to put Body on my top 10 list because of, of how excited I was to see it. But the final product, when you think about it, like I said, a lot of great ideas, but just could have focused on a few and take it. At the end of the day, it, just should, it should have been a series, right? So now right. next, we're going to talk about a show which actually is based off of a series, one that we grew up on back in the, um, you know, well, I, was, I, I can't say that we saw it in the 80s, but... Um, we, we, we actually had a little station called ABM Transformers 16, and they were the guys yeah. that used to show the 80 series um, Transformers, right? And this is yeah. where we, we were introduced to Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and all these guys, right? And then yeah. there was the movie, Transformers the movie, which was badass at the time. Um, and then, you know, uh, there was the 2007 
uh, Michael Bay movie, Transformers, which I still to this day say he was born to make. This was this was a movie that he that like it was his destiny to make a movie like this. Right. This was one of the biggest movies of 2007 for me. I wouldn't say it was my favorite. Um, and right. I thought that it really should have won that Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Why why you give it to the Golden Compass? Anybody remember that shit? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't even watch it, but anyway. And then as we said um last year with um with both of our reviews of um Transformers the last night, Michael Bay just starts shit in the bed with them sequels boy. From yeah. Revenge of the Fallen all the way down to last night, which was my pick yeah. for worst movie of twenty seventeen. It was yeah. like that uh, man yeah. just did not in the case of um, in the case of the last night, I'm gonna straight up say it. Well, uh, so when we're gonna talk about like why the last night existed even at all, like was even the point of that? Because you get a feeling that he, uh, he had read this movie felt like he read the script for this, and uh, for whatever reason he couldn't do it, or and like you know the script came out a while now, and he just just say absolute fuck you to to them, and he cited as poison well and make the last night because the last night contradicts a ton of stuff in this. Yes. So there's no yes. way you could actually make a proper um, prequel now. Because it just contradicts stuff. Yeah. Um, in, and so I, I wonder, like, why even make the last night? Again, if you need just mash it up now. I don't know. Right. Um, that's how it felt. It yeah. just felt like you don't need to make it. It was totally pointless in, it, in its existence. And then he decided, all right, well, F you. I gonna make this to country the call it so like just can't make a sequel. Like it really felt like he just decided to blow up this now. Yeah, it, like, it really did have this kind of like, you know what, I just I just fuck with you all there because you know, because I could, because I'm Michael B. There's a kinda spitefulness to, to what you know the last night was. Exactly. Yeah, no, it does feel like a spitefulness to the to the fan base in general. Like, you know, I, I'm not no, I'm, I try to really avoid the whole raped my childhood, you know, ruined my childhood uh, mindset with, with this kind of stuff. Look, it's not my material. And I, to tell you the truth, I don't like Transformers all that much, right? Um, as compared to other, other material. But in the case of the last night, the last night just really went out of his way to just say, all right, we're not going to do any... Where are we making this? You can't do anything else or you had to do a set of extra writing and work just to have this make sense. And because it was so incoherent. And then, he, like, he know people care about this shit in terms of the coherency of it, that he decided to make it so incoherent. That is how it felt. Yeah, and also, there was just a, to, to add to that, it felt to me like he was just insulting the intelligence thread. Like, you're, you're not going to say, alright, well, we all want to see Unicron, remember how we love Unicron yeah. from the Transformers movie? Okay, here's Unicron, Earth is Unicron, take take that. And, and oh, on top of all that, there's a secret society that, that, that kept the whole um, Transformers thing secret. And then the right. biggest slap to my face, Jen. And this is why, uh, like, thinking about it now when, after seeing Bumblebee, I was just like, Michael, what, what, what exactly you were trying to do with this? Telling the audience that Bumblebee was in World War II fighting Nazis. Yes. So, which had me thinking at the time and still to this day. So, why would you search it for your leader, Optimus yep. Prime? The what are you doing shooting down Nazis? What's the point? The, the, the way how they do it is that they make it totally incoherent from the first, from even the first, uh, from the first film. Because even the first film, it had stuff that was like, well, hinted that they went to Earth first because remember Megatron was there the entire time. Fine. Right. But my thing is that you know, you see that's the thing, you know, it's, it's a, again, it's a, it's a, a kind of mean-spiritedness against nerds now. You know that nerds like this bullshit. You know, it reminds me of the Picard sucks joke that Brian Posehn always says now. You know, the best way to piss off Star Wars nerds is to drive in front of them and yell, Picard sucks, no? Um, 
Wow. That joke now. That's what it feel like. It doesn't feel like, well, you know, Michael Bay is like, oh, well, it's just a complete fuck you to the nerds. And because he kind of dotish anyway, and he always never cared about coherence in any of his movies, um, he just decided, I don't know, I'm just going to do this in the most shitty, mean-spirited way possible now. And when the first, like, the first images of this movie came out, you could tell it was a fuck you to him. This is like the second and first 10 minutes shop was like, wow, we couldn't get it 10 years ago, Jared. That was my <laughs> the first fucking thing that came out of my mouth was, yeah, they couldn't get it. We couldn't get this 10 years ago. We couldn't get this in 2007, 11 years ago. What the fuck? Like, they yeah. totally nailed nothing. And here's the thing, I'm going to straight up say it. There is nothing in this film, not a single thing I think in this film that couldn't have existed 10 years ago. Right? Nothing. I can't see what special effect they could have pulled off in this, that because nothing in it looking particularly better or different, like yeah, what from we set. saw from back in two thousand seven. Yeah, nothing right. in it. it. Like it's just an aesthetic choice, and it's like, wow, Michael Bay really don't care, boy. Like he really don't business. And again, I try to not be one of those Michael Bay rape my childhood type of people because I, I'll admit I'm not a big um, Transformers fan, right? And and most a lot of the Transformers law is kind of trash anyway. Like, it has some good law, some good world building in some of the versions, and then other versions is t- complete nonsense. Even the stuff, especially the stuff in the 90s. Um, um, yeah, especially with Beast Wars, when they try to tie it back to Transformers, and this stuff. whole tying thing, and, and the world stuff, I was like, Beast Wars was pretty, <laughs> Yeah, Beast Wars was pretty awesome for me. Um, it was, it was. Except when they it went to the whole... Oh, well, and the world shit, I was like, um, what? <laughs> but then that, yeah, yeah, I mean, I fuck with Beast Wars, right? Beast Machines, yeah. no, that, that will exist. Although, I kind of fuck with the team song, but moving along. No, no, yeah, Beast Wars was great storytelling for me, but, but stuff like the Gen 2, Gen 3 stuff, um, the Quintesson stuff, all of that extra stuff in the, in the overarching universe, and the stuff that was in the, in the early Marvel comics, those, those were bad. Those were kind of bad. And... Yeah. So I don't really care that, that Michael Bay decided to do his own thing. I still generally defend the first film for the most part. Um, the second yeah, film, I, I, I still love the first movie, just in terms of right. just summer blockbuster goodness, right? And it was fun. It was fun, and that's what it was. It was that that balance that um, that that Michael Bay unfortunately could not figure out with two and three, and then he just figured, you know what? Well, everybody's no, going dark now, so let's go dark, and that's when... It, okay. in, the case of the, in the case of the second film, I know the, fact, the second film could have been better because, but the writer's strike undermined that a little bit. The third film is the one that I thought they completely shot the bed with. Like, I hate that third film so badly. And then 4 and 5 is just... It has an hour-long or an hour-and-a-half third act, dread. It just keeps like it... Go, it, like, it, it yeah, feels like it's going time. on for forever, dread. Like, God, but yeah. that's terrible. But, but again, for me, um, as I said... The, the, you know, four and five was just bullshit that he should have, again, Michael Bay should have quit with the third film and then Thank left people. Yes. <laughs> yes. But he, he, he's like a kind of, you know, he's a kind of one of those douchebag, mean spirited types who just, uh, no, fuck you, is my material and I had to do it this way. And, you know, and he I just money and, and people come in to see the movies because of my name. I understand yes. that, but dude, it can't just be yes. shit in the bed or give it us shit and expect us to come and see the next one because it's a Michael Bay right. movie. You know what he does, right? Ah. What I would say ultimately is that uh, ultimately, you know, when Travis Knight came along, and look, Travis Knight, in my opinion, is he, I will argue, is the ascended fanboy, right? He's a person who is very, very, like, well, you know who Travis Knight's dad is. He's very, very wealthy. He could afford to lose money making his creative projects and whatnot. Um, but he, and then he, he nerdy enough to appeal to fan bases. So that, even though this film um, 
does appeal to nerdiness in the most uh, aberrant kind of nostalgic ways, which I, I, I kind of a little annoyed by, frankly. Um, it still was pretty good, like for what it did. And as I said, the second they show Cybertron and what they was doing with it, I was like, wow, all the Neil Dystrad. Yeah. yeah, it's goofy bullshit. It's goofy bullshit, and a lot of the technology don't make sense, and the robots don't make sense. It's like, well, it's, it's, it's robots, space robots bullshit. I but, thought, but, but ever since the, 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 when the third movie came, when the first trailer came, I was like, all right, please give us some Cybertron stuff. Yeah. I know you're hinting at Dark of the Moon, which was which was the, the, the title there, but it's like, come on, give us some Cybertron shit now, please. And we didn't even get that. We didn't get that. Yeah. And they just did that, and with that, with that, with this movie now, they decided to do Cybertron, do a good job, and it's like, wow, we should have gotten this all along, in my opinion. Yeah, um, exactly. Actually, and the thing is, it's a movie that works on its own, even if you're not a Transformers nerd, because they just decided to just do the typical 80s affect stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's basically E.T., right? That's what it was. They, it come, was. Up with a, yeah, they, they come up with a bunch of contrivances as to why Bumblebee doesn't talk, which I hate. I hate that, and I hated it in the old movie. I hated it in this. Um, they decide to... But they decide to make the action clear. Like, holy shit, they decided to do that for the first time. Why yes. they couldn't do this 10 years ago? And, Why you know, this was, this was always a criticism that the, the Transformers movies got ever since the second yeah. one. Big, lumbering machines, and yeah. why are they using fists? Like, you no, have like, weapons, like, like, use that shit. Yeah, have, yeah. Your, have, your, have your punches and kicks, you know. But don't just yeah. rely on punches and kicks the point that right. a car maker was going on, and it feels like a, 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 a head-on collision between two trucks. You know, yeah, but here's, cool. a, here's another thing too. He just understand how the transformations work. Like, okay, the transformations in the, in the old bait formers was just this kind of hard mechanical tinkering thing, which I didn't hate, but it was still obnoxious and annoying, especially with the designs. And in this, he just understood how the designs work in context with the transformations, because that is what it worked in the cartoon, right? It feel like this is a part of the car. This is a part of the thing. And you get to see the different versions of Bumblebee with respect to that in the thing. So you see him do the Jeep, then he becomes the buggy, then he becomes the Camaro at the ending, right? Yeah. Love it. That is how you have to do that shit in terms yes, of the chance. I totally agree, yeah. And that is such a smart call. And it's like, wow, Michael Bay. Look, I, again, I kind of move on from it. But yeah, fuck Michael Bay, Jared. Like, holy shit, you could. <laughs> wow. I don't fuck what he did to Transformers, right? But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't hate him as much could. as all that. Yeah, they couldn't fucking do this, Jared. Wow, Jared. Anyway, um, movie as is. I thought this movie was pretty decent um, for what yeah, it was. It, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, I don't want to say a safe movie, but it's it's quite enjoyable. It does what it's supposed to do. Um, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It's not supposed to anyway. Yeah. It just gives yeah. us a, a reason to to give a shit about the Transformers live action right. movies again. And yeah. really the appeal of it, right? Yeah, no, one thing I liked is um, the, the, all the side characters was great. All the... Um, except for one character, which I absolutely fucking hated. Don't tell me it's John Cena. Who? Don't tell me it's John Cena. No! John oh. Cena was great. Yeah, exactly, because... No? Well, 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 him, right? Um, and, you know, props to Cena as well, too. I like that he get this this second chance at actually becoming, you know, like, a, you know, that w, that transition to WWE wrestler to, you know, A-list a, a actor, though, because, well, if you remember way back when, right? When he came up with his first movie, The Marine, which absolutely sucked balls, um, right. it's like, oh, well, all right, we got to put you on the side. Yeah, you got to get back to SmackDown now. No, but I like that doing... he got another chance to really prove himself. And now, well, 
yeah, he comes through really good, not just with blockers, yeah, which is pretty yeah, good, no, also with smoothie here. Yeah, no, career-wise, he, he kind of just doing the, the part that was carved away by Rock, right? You know, you yeah. just kind of doing the thing where you're playing it funny and you're going straightforward with it, but you're playing it funny and you don't know what to do in your role, even though you're, you're character halfway, halfway. Um, don't play the character too seriously because nobody will take you seriously. You know, you're a wrestler. Do the kayfabe yeah. aspect of that. And, well, I got a vibe that, that he was supposed to be like a G.I. Joe member or something like that because, like, what he was doing with him in terms of, like, the action, it was unclear to me. Like, why have him be, be such a big, memorable role? Like, but they want to remake G.I. Joe with him, which I wouldn't mind because I, I thought... I wouldn't mind that neither. I wouldn't mind that neither. Yeah. I, that, that, that was, that, that's actually a really cool um, theory as well, like, if they're actually serious about it. Right. But yeah, cast, cast John Cena character as, you know, that G.I. Joe. And, and, you know, oh, okay. no, 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 no disrespect to the previous G.I. Joe movies, but please set this shit in the 80s now, please. The problem with those movies is that they decide they just go cheap with it. The movie was fucking cheap. That's the problem. Whatever. Um, this all the side characters I liked. Everybody except for one character. Um, Memo. Fuck that guy. The character's a pointless character. Holy shit. Why was he in this movie? Uh, totally. I, I don't know because they just needed this Latino kid to to was, to, to be in the friend zone basically, which he was. <laughs> total nonsense. Like I don't know what the point of that was because to me he could have been in because I know that's. Out, outright right it out of the movie. Like, that character was totally pointless. Have the little brother, um, Otis, have him be the, the side character hanging around with her and coming along for the Avenger with the robot. So it's yeah. both him and Steinfeld together now. And I thought they were great together. Um, yes, Pamela Allen as the mom. Pamela Allen as the mom. I, 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 sorry, not Allen, Adlin or whatever it is. Uh, Adlin, Adlin. Right. Yeah, I thought she was great. great. She was great, yeah. And because uh, I like her, we see kids. Um, so I like her. This she was great, and this has a good. She was a great side character. Ah, uh, the 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 guy who played the dad. He's a great comedian as well. Um, yeah, I when, know he was pretty uh, funny, man. Um, his, his funny. face is familiar though, even though I can't remember what show. But I thought like uh, just with screen presence, he was pretty funny, man. And he he had those uh, awkward, man, a couple of really funny awkward dad moments with with Healy. Yeah, oh, and by the way, I thought that um that that Healy Steinfeld was was great as well. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of her acting and singing wise, but I thought that yeah, yeah she she was solid in this, and she yeah, actually did a really decent song, which um you heard you know during the uh, pre closing credits, um she did the song yeah. that so yeah, really great performance from her man overall. Right, so but I know Stephen Schneider from Broad City. I watch I watch that show, so he was in that, and he's, he's pretty funny in that show. Um, so to right, see him right, 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 that is where he's from. Right, um, he's not the um he's not the the, the coach, right? Yeah, yeah, the boy from that thing. Right, right. That's him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And that same same dude do about him and I, in this. And I was like, yeah, I was liking him in this. Um who else? Uh, uh well, we didn't what, talk about Bumblebee himself as just as a character. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to that. But uh, I just wanted to talk about all these side characters before we get to Bob. We get the actual transformers themselves and the moments they had again what I thought they nailed and what I hated. Um uh, but to me, as far as the well, you know, side characters that I didn't really care for although I understand the aesthetic of it, was, uh, you know, the, the, um, the antagonist to, to Charlie, right? The, 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 the high school Dumb. kids, the two deals. They even have the token Asian chick there in the middle. I'm like, this is no, like straight out of a John Hughes movie. You're like, bro. But I get the point again, but it's like, all right, this is way too, too archetypal. Yeah, you know, you get the feeling that there are two scripts and they, they decide to keep the, keep the stuff in the movie now. Right. Like they had a bunch of different scripts. And they keep this stuff in the movie, which was so stupid. I had to cut all that shit out. To me, her 
working she little shitty summer job and then they there's that one scene with them in the editing the was fine why she decided to go to dive with them was nonsense because they had to make the diving a thing whatever yeah and, and when it actually was a thing i was like wait that really that's that's what it all led up to okay <laughs> like, no right yeah what's the product is that anyway how about with the summer job and to me stuff with the mechanics was great yes i was enjoying yes but you two old fellas, right? The, the, the older mechanic and then the other guy was, was fixing the car and she was like, well, she helping out and he like, hey, you know, this young girl, she real sharp though. I was enjoying that. Right? It was cool. It was actually smart. It felt like, oh, this is a good character and you get a feeling about this character and how they establish her. She understands cars and she understands how to fix shit and make it work. I was loving all of that. Um, but I get to the Transformers now, right? Yeah. Uh, where they finally did the whole prime with the prime not showing his mouth thing. That's yeah. one thing I really put in base movies. Why does Prime have a mount? Prime have the mask on. Why Prime have a mount? Fuck that. <laughs> because we have to see him speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also like that we didn't hear the I am Optimus Prime. Like Michael B literally had Optimus see that twice in the last movie, Dread. I am Optimus Prime. We know. We know. We know. I said I saw that got that um, with his Peter Cullen. Yeah. Still yeah, yeah, yeah. He returns once again. I'm well glad glad that he's alive to keep doing yeah. his movies, but you know whatever. Yeah, I, I glad that he was he, he clearly like liked this material better in terms of his talking because you feel like he had so much more energy doing this role because of yeah. because of the um uh wells. Yeah, yeah, he was just perfect for that. And then they, they, they set up the scene pretty decent in terms of like well the war between the Decepticons and the, the um the Autobots. Love it. Yeah, it was loving um, sequence. Glad, glad that we saw Shockwave. Um, few other yeah. characters. That, well, oh yeah, Starscream was there. I was like, "Wood, okay." Um, yeah. I thought we were gonna see a little Megatron. Um, is either Megatron or, or Starscream was supposed to be in it? Well, a bit more, yeah. but you know, we had to take about time and really what the story and who who yeah. is you know um, front and center here basically. Um, the yeah. the villains themselves in this case is um, well, Shatter and Dropkick. I think that's what um, that's who they that's their names. Voiced yeah. by Angela Bassett. Did not know it was her. Yeah, that's she was pretty she, good. I didn't know it was her, but she had a great voice there. And um, yeah. Justin Toro. I was like, what? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I like their dynamic where Dropkick is the type of person who be like, all right, blast these humans. And right. Shatter will be like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let's let's converse with these primitive right. beings. Yeah. And I mean, I like that. That, that was dope. That that dynamic. Uh, it's a shame that because if, if we got this 10 years ago, um, what it would have been, it would have started off as a kind of Bumblebee story, as Bumblebee starting it off, just like what they did in, in the Bay film. But it would have escalated properly by showing Prime and whatnot. I really, I'm not sure if this movie making money. I'm not sure how well it's making money. I don't think it is. But we could totally get a Prime sequel with this now and make it proper now. And there's the sad part is that, you know, people are not going to go out to say it, but, you know, they're going to complain about Michael Bay. Um, you know, messing up a childhood, but you, you went to see his movie and his movie made millions of dollars. So, yeah. whatever. Now, you can come back and get away with the bullshit. Yeah. Um, like, and I would like to do five movies, five movies for you to get fed up with Michael B. So, when oh. somebody new come in to do something different and change things up, you give up. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's sad, it's sad, you know? I'll argue still that, that Michael B. poisoned you well a little bit. Eh? I would argue that. Yeah, I do think he, he, he bomb rushed his way to make sure that fifth movie existed, no matter how incoherent and stupid it was. And just to say, all right, I'm going to just mess up the law and do all this. I get that feeling. So I'm kind of conspiracy thing, but it really felt like that to me. Whatever. Yeah. Um, also, well, just in terms of a Bumblebee, I didn't see anything about him. Um, I actually pretty like this character. Um, 
especially right. when he has to do the action scenes, you know, the sort of dramatic scenes. The heartwarming scenes, of course, with him and Heidi um, Steinfeld were great. Um, of course, he had to have the goofy moments, especially like that one scene I was spoiling in the trailer where he was in the living room and just smashing shit up and everything like that. Right. It was, it was, it, but, but it made for a really, really like, light-hearted moment. So, yeah. I dug that. I hated that. Um, because I thought, oh, they're just going to make Bumblebee dumb instead of like an actual competent soldier and whatnot. Um, but they did justify it. He is he's effectively brain damaged yeah. <laughs> in the story. Uh, his memory banks and a sort of information went thing. So he basically reset himself to like a, effectively an infant now. Yeah. Um, that made some sense to me. And I, I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, a couple, couple more things, right? Um, uh, told that the music was, was pretty good. Um, it's done by Dario Marianelli, not Steve Jablonski, who's done one too many um, Transformers movies in his career. Um, so, you know, the score was pretty good. Um, also, as far as pacing goes, um, it's good for the most part. I also, although right. I find that in the second act, it's a little sluggish. And in the, in the third act, I, I wish that the, the, the ending was a lot stronger. And this, I, I'd argue, I'd argue, all this is because of the memo character. That memo character, or memo, whatever the name is, memo, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Memo, memo, yeah. Memo, right? Because of that character, to me, they just had to do all these side bullshit things. Like you had to go to um, what is TP the girl's house for some reason. And yeah, like like there was there was no point to that. Um, Cut all that shit. And you know, they, they, they really try to replicate the um, Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox moments with. Um, right. With Bumblebee, you know, playing that that billboard um, 80s jams, basically, you know, or whatever it is um, right. that, that they had in the film. Also, it, there's a couple of, like, weird editing moments. Like, there's one scene in particular that really stood out to me in, in the worst way, right? Which is where um, where Haley's character's mother drives off with Bumblebee, right? On me knows that she like she doesn't know that Bumblebee is a Transformers, co- of, of course, right? right? And you see Haley on this bike, and then... Right. It's like, okay, well, I, I, I gotta drive you to the hospital because blah, 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 blah. So, what happened to the bike? They never really established that. It's just next scene, and then the car driving. Like, what happened to the yeah, bike? Right, right. Can I I ignore mean, the bike. Yes. And, and how yeah. Haley just, like, suddenly know where, where the mother is. Like, she just catches up to her. And it's just, oh, she's Everybody. going to the hospital. All of a sudden, she's like, right behind her. Like, what? She mentioned. Yeah, she mentioned she was going to the vet, but yeah, I agree with all of that. I don't yeah, stuff that, like that. that was kind of weird, like how they how they put it together. But other than that, um, yeah, I I thought that the movie overall was pretty decent. Like I say, yeah. it 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 doesn't it's not gonna it doesn't reinvent the wheel, and um, you know, in terms of like Transformers movies, it just gives you an enjoyable story involving one Transformer for once. And yeah, yeah for the most part, it works too. And, and I would say right off the bat that. This is my second favorite Transformers movie, which is seen a lot because um, yeah. I would say first one hands on is the 2007 Michael Bay one. This one comes as a second place. I could kind of wrestle with this and the 1986 animated movie. You know, I could I could wrestle with that for 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 for, for days for hours. Sorry, but all the other Transformers live action movies could just suck salt. I don't care yeah. for none of them. None. Yeah, yeah. I actually do prefer this to. Um... 2007 film. Um, right. so just because of the look and the aesthetic and the affect. Um, they, they just make sure and get that done so well, in my opinion. And I was like, yeah, yeah. They nailed this. Sorry. Um, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is what we should have gotten 10 years ago. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, the Bay films had its moments that I kind of liked. But, yeah, Michael Bay just, like, really didn't give a fuck, though. And yeah. I, I, it just... Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. And it's a shame, Jay. Like, like, 
in your fifth movie, although I know I repeated myself from last year, but in your fifth movie, Dread, all the fans that just stick with you, eh, even though while you were doing your shit, and this is what you give them, Dread? Nah, man. Yeah. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Yeah. But Michael Bay aside, let him do his thing. No, Transformers is in someone else's hands. I don't know what the future for the franchise will be. But to be honest, I honestly am not looking forward to another Transformers movie in a hurry. If we do get one, great. But I'm not really excited or looking forward to the next one. I'm not seeing any movie. Didn't do enough for me to, to be like, all right, I can't wait to, to see what they do next. But just like, yeah. we've we've seen so much enough with Transformers there. So I appreciate the effort. Don't get me wrong. And it still works. But now it's just like, y'all just need to come with something a little bit different. I don't know if they're going to keep the 80s aesthetic going forward, but I don't know. Uh, you know, you know I, I just really don't know what they're going to do next. You know what I mean? They just really had to come really, really good to convince me to, 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 to get back and in, to get involved with the um, with this franchise going forward. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. It's uh, a shame. Nice um, yeah. But Travis Knight did try, though, and I mean, I, I really do rate him, though. I love Cooper yeah. the Two Strings. That was one of my favorite movies of our 2016, I think it was. And yeah, I just want to see him just make more and more great films but but for what's yeah. worth with this movie here um i'm i'm feeling a light a very light sorry four to five man um this is we'll check it out yeah. on the big screen in, in particular i didn't see yeah. it in 3d and to me it didn't really add to my enjoyment at all but um yeah still still go check it out man um if you hated the the, the michael bay movies this will be a better fresh air for you if you love the old um the old like generation one transformers then you'll be in love with this for the most part i guess but if you expect this movie to do a lot of like unique and new things, you'll be disappointed by this. I know some people were disappointed because of that. Like they just got like I don't know Transformers withdrawal by now. So it's like this yeah, exactly. is just uh, whatever eighties. Yeah. Oh, we do it Transformers, but it's like an eighties story. Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I take for what it is. It's a it's a solid film, man. So check it out if you haven't. Right. Yeah. I. I uh, it's just so 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 unfortunate that the Transformers franchise has been cinematically let's just say poisoned um, because of um, Michael Bay's behavior and it's really a shame and unfortunate that, that, that this you know in, in our collective memory in terms of what a modern Transformers franchise could have been we couldn't get this instead and that's it's just sad um, but yeah this new movie I give it a low, full, a low well uh, not to, low IMAX um, alright I, I was going to say a low, a low CC it was like oh that, no, no, that no. was that bad <laughs> Nah, nah, nah. It's like a low, a low, you know, I give it a low, um, you know, IMAX. You know, it, it's very good for what they decide to do. It's a shame we didn't get this 10 years ago because, know, you know, right? could have gotten this 10 years ago and we'd have been thinking about Transformers much differently than what we got. Really unfortunate. Man. It, it, you know, it, at, at times it really feeling like a too little, too late kind of thing. You know, yeah. 10 years you ago we should... help but think that when you see this movie, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. It's well, sir. Whatever.
up with Aquaman. Like. So yep. before we get into into Atlantis, the world of Aquaman and all that stuff, right? We had to talk about the DCEU. Um, yeah. How they started off strong-ish with Man of Steel. Well, sorry, not strong-ish. Promising, I would say, with Man of Steel. We both defend right. this movie. Um, and then, for some odd reason, they just dropped BVS, Donut Justice, which is your worst movie pick of, um, of, of 2016. They just made so, <laughs> yeah, so much bad decisions in that. It just, it just boggles the mind. That's all the, the bad creative decisions that they make with this show. But, um, yeah. but even worse is the decision the following year, instead of, well, okay, well, we had the Wonder Woman, of course, right? But instead of yeah. giving us um, Aquaman and, let's just say, a Man of Steel 2 and yeah. a Batman movie, you know, in this case, like a solo movie with Ben Affleck, no, they just say, nah, we're just going to do Justice League one time, Dread. We're going to yeah. bring in Aquaman into this. We're going to bring in Cyborg into this. We're going to bring in, um, we're going to bring back, Sup- we're going to bring back Superman into this. We're going to bring Flash yeah. into this, you know, we... He had a little cameo in, 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 in Suicide Squad, which made no sense. He had a, yeah. a cameo in BVS, which made way, <laughs> way more little sense than anything else. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but let me just jump the gun, basically. That's, that's, that's my point that I want to get at before we get to Aquaman here. How they just literally had to jump the gun, literally, with this super yeah. team movie, right? Which is like, when you look back at it, I mean, I, I think what I, I, I think the score I gave it was a two and a half out of five, right? Or it could be a three. But just basically, if you want to see it, see it, right? Or it was I. It was, it's within that category there. But for me, it was just like, y'all could have just relax, take a breather, take all the time, flesh yep. out the DCU a little bit more. I know Marvel do their thing. I know they're scared because it's filthy war coming up. But oh gosh, just kick back, relax, shit. People love DC, yep. people love the characters. Yep. We People always see it, don't get that. As I was making, well, it's not really a joke, but it's just, a, you know, every time I start to talk about these movies, I can't think of, I can't help but think of Dwayne McDuffie and what it, what could have been there. Yeah, um, you know, Dwayne McDuffie was still alive. Imagine if he was the, the showrunner to the stuff in the same way Kevin Feige was for, for uh, what Kevin Feige is for the MCU, what yeah. we could have got. How amazing that would have been because his, like, his storytelling and, and how they do it is, the t- to me, top tier, top tier DC material. Um, you know, I still consider the Cadmus arc and, and stuff like, you know, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, boy? Divided We Fall and these kind of things so high. Oh, in terms yeah, of what especially Divided uh, divide We Fall. Love that, love that. It's, it's what you're supposed to be doing with this material now. And it's utterly shocking how these people just can't borrow from that and understand this material. It's just so shocking. And as I always keep asking the question, where is Alan Burnett and all of this now? Where is Alan Burnett? Why does he can't, you know, make this work? Is, is Zack Snyder is at the root of the problem? Apparently, I know the show, maybe David Goyer, you know, it have a big, discre- a big discrepancy between, you know, the TV people and the movie people. And, you know, again, much like Michael Bay, he says, well, I'm the boss because I make movies, so fuck all you. We're going to do your own thing and it don't matter if we burn it to the ground, we better than them anyway. And yeah. that basically went with, with, um, with, with Batman v Superman, Donald Justice. You know, again, Man of Steel was okay, it had some smart, decent moments that, again, man, I a movie you could have done some little fixing up, fixing uppers and fixing yeah. up the edit, a couple of reshoots, and it would have worked perfectly fine in my opinion. And, and, and I would say, <laughs> I still say they could improve that character, Superman. Don't make him emo, Christ Superman, but make, make so, him a little uh, bit more of the Superman uh, that we know, you know what I mean? No, but you're still, you're gonna still do that in the context of the movie, at least for our first film. You know, you have a chance to do a first movie, I've given you a chance to do something. 
we have no problem here doing this, this quote-unquote reboot. That's fine. They just decided to just didn't pivot from that in any workable way um, in Batman with Superman Donna Johnson. And decided to put all this nonsense in the movie that had nothing to do with anything and made no sense. Um, and it just ended up being a, being a complete disaster. Right? We shouldn't have had any, any Batman in it anyway. Whatever. I know, right? Yeah. Wonder Woman is exactly what it would have been if you're doing this with a liquor sense. You're doing an intro movie. You tell a story. She's basically Captain America of this world anyway. Um, do it like that. And... I thought we would have gotten this movie in the case of um, Aquaman. I thought we we could have gotten this before the existence of Justice League. So you set exactly, Aquaman up, yes. and you, you set up a, a workable template in terms of the storytelling. Guys, what you gonna do and tell that story? Right. And um, but before I, we get to Aquaman, though, before we get to that, um, you do you think it would have made sense, like now, given the, the state of you know comic book movies today, um, have a origin story movie for like the Flash and Cyborg? You know, no, what, no, what? because no, no, because you don't need. Here's my thing with it. Again, I had my own work. Like I have, a, I wrote out again. Being the nerd I am, I did a whole workable template of what the DCU should have been in terms of order, right? And in terms of you do Man of Steel, Man of Steel Two, Wonder Woman, um, then Aquaman, then Justice League, and Justice League you introduced the Flash and Cyborg right, in that right. movie, right? And the purpose of them is to solve a problem. Now, in my opinion, the first Justice League movie would have been Brainiac. That would have been the big bad, right? He would have been like Ultron, except way more dangerous, and he would have been literally covering the planet with his robots, and everybody had to get involved with over the planet. So all of the Aquaman shit that you see in Aquaman, all of them would have been part of that fight, right? Because you know it's a whole planet, and you know the yeah, ocean yeah, covering. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Makes sense. But in the case um, of Aquaman, um, but, but then, but then, in this case, with um, with with. What we got with with Justin Lee last year, um, Steppenwolf, one of the most um, underwhelming like supervillains ever put to screen, in my opinion. Exactly. He was just so yeah. boring. Like you had you yeah. had Dark Side, you have all these big characters exactly. that you could have. But... Well, and, and oh, the thing with bring Steppenwolf, okay. Exactly. But the thing with, uh, with with that kind of movie, you know, with 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 Flash, Flash is a side character who is he's a big big DC character, but he's also a kind of everyman character. So you're gonna tell the story in a sense from his perspective. With all this amazing shit going on, even though he is also a really great character. And then you, you introduce, after Justice League ends, you make Justice League a kind of bookend to, you make, sorry, you make his movie a kind of bookend to what Justice League was. And then you tell, you start a story. And then you start the main arc. And I had my own ideas for what I would have done with that. Again, me being an entitled nerd on the internet, that's the kind of shit I do in my spare time, right? Yeah. And the mistake they make with these movies is just everything back and forth. Back, you know, everything is cut before the horse. Decide to put characters before and introduce this. So now with Justice League, you have three characters you're introducing to your movie. None of that yeah. shit makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Right? None of that makes sense. Um, we literally had to stop to show us this new character. Yeah. This new character. Yeah. Flash That's with his cyborg, cyborg. Sorry. Flash with his dad. Cyborg with his dad. And Aquaman <laughs> with, I guess, with Mira, which you'll get to. And some other stuff, really. What that much is with him and Mira and some stuff. Right. I can't remember. Uh, so it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. So the, the, again, all of that would have made sense if, uh, if Aquaman existed before. But then you set up Flash and you have it be a kind of Flash intro movie, similar to how you do Black Panther in Civil War, right? Where you set up a character, but then you do, and then you backtrack and backpedal the history of that character after, right? That's what you're supposed to do with that. And again, if anybody with just a lick of sense, a lick of sense who understands even the most basic DC, and it's almost as if you had almost 30 years. A fucking DCAU to work with, or at least 20 years, I should say, 
of a whole team of people knowing what they're doing, but yet for some reason they just decide to dump that and make their own thing and they fuck it up. And again, again, let us compare Zack Snyder to, to, to Michael Bay for a second. At least with Michael Bay, he could at least backpedal on, in my opinion, what I consider a very hacky argument. In my opinion, a very hacky argument is a fallback on the box office. Yeah, right? my, my movie's still making money. Fuck you, right? They can't say that for, for Batman v Superman and Justice League. They could even say that. So it's like, well, where's all the point? What is all the point? And they had to learn the hard way that the only thing that is listened to is money. And in the end of the day, Justice League failed. Batman v Superman, in my opinion, is a letdown and a disappointment. Man of Steel, I expected to not do all that well because of the different approach, but I expect you know you're building a momentum to just to, to something, to a second film, and, a, and, a, and you make it work. And it's just really shocking how they could just could not get this stuff out of the ground. And I'm going to talk about suicides coming together. I was just like, whatever. Well, like, <laughs> oh, Lord. Let, let, let's, let's not even bring up suicides right. for this. Please. Yeah, with this, with this film now, you get the feeling that they just do a kind of soft rebootish kind of something because. They just literally like, contradict a bunch of shit from the last movie. Like, it's almost as if Justice League, like, oh, it's almost as if this shit was supposed to come up before Justice League. But the way he talking to her as if he knew she. It's like, yeah, but you didn't know Mira. Yeah. You didn't meet Mira before? Why does he know you're talking as if you don't, you don't know she? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point, good point. Nobody, nobody asked about it, but then again, I mean... With just link, yeah. like who 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 actually remembers <laughs> the moment where they where, where they where they met and what they said, right? Like I had always like, tried to remember that. Anyway, right. Then and then on top of that, they they, they act as if well none of the Justice League members even exist in this universe. Like well, where Superman, where Wonder Woman, where things like that. You had to think of in the Marvel movies. They kind of address these things, right? Because well, the events of these things kind of happening roughly at the same time, and they can really get across to help out the other person. Here's why. No mention, nothing, not even a word. I was like, wow. Well, yeah, but look, James Wan decided to make a big, bold action movie. And I just going to straight up say it. Much like with Justice League, um, they kind of just give up on the vision, decide to go a different direction. And for my entertainment, you know, trash, but my kind of trash standpoint, it does work. It's a big, loud, um, you know, obnoxious, I would argue at times, but boisterous, go big or go home movie. And it works, in my opinion. Right? It's trash, and it's really incoherent, but I liked it, and I enjoyed what I saw when I was there, in the theaters. Right. Well, because we, we went together to see the movie with our friends, um, I, I actually agree with you as well, though. This is yeah. big. It is loud in every sense of the word. Um, right. the, the score, which is done by Robert Greg, Gregson Williams, it's just so boisterous in your face, though. But it fits perfectly with the tone of the story, which is just, uh, it's, it's one of those shows like where you call a kitchen sink movie that they just throw everything at you, including kitchen sink. That's that's how it feels like. It just, and what I would, what I would um, actually, well, my perspective on this is that um, if you if you like followed like Warner Brothers, um, yeah, Warner Brothers, right? Um, big budget filmmaking over the past couple of decades, right? This is so right up there, Ali. This is so yeah. Warner Brothers slap a big budget on this movie kind of extravaganza. Like, if you've seen... Well, maybe not the Matrix movie. Maybe not the first one. But if you've seen uh, Reloaded, Revolutions. If you've seen Man of Steel, you know, Wonder Woman. If you've seen, from last year, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Like, that third act alone, you know what I mean? It's just big and in your face yeah. For, to me like what I, what I wrote on Facebook like this is what this is how Water Brothers spends 200 million approximately on a big budget um, 
superhero movie. This is exactly how you, how they do it. So it's not to me that I didn't come out of it like shocked or oh my god, how could they do this? It's just like, but this is Warner Brothers, dude. This is the shit that they've been doing for years, right? But in this case, it's just like you know what? This is Aquaman. We going big or we going home? And yeah. for some people, like initially, I didn't want to see any reviews for it, right? But at first, I was like, okay, why people like that Disney movie? But laughing at it and seeing it corny, it's stupid, it's dumb. And then when I was watching the film, I was like, okay, now yeah, I see why. Now I see why. It's yeah. silly. It's admittedly silly, but it's self-aware. That is what I love about it, right? Some people, right. some directors could do self-aware good, others not so much. Um, but this is why I'm glad that they picked James Wan, right? Not seeing yeah. that his 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 repertoire or his filmography is based off a of ridiculousness. I mean, he did create, he did direct one of the scariest movies I've seen of this decade, hands down, the, the country, right? And he did the sequel, which yeah. is pretty good. Have, uh, I saw, um, in, he did Insidious, I saw that one, kind of forgot about it. Didn't see the second one. But he did one of my favorite, personal favorite, um, Guilty Pleasure movies of this decade, which is Furious 7, right? Love yeah. that movie. But love it in the sense that this is just that kind of dumb shit that I could just pop some popcorn, put my brain on the floor and just be like, all right, a car that driving through one building and just... Um, suspended mid air and going to the next one and I always remember seeing the first time I saw it in IMAX so I was like alright alright this is where James Wan reached he cannot leave the whole horror shtick and now he's in the big leagues now you know what I mean and this here this movie here Aquaman is another big representation of how far he has matured and how he has grown as a director because using Michael Bay as a reference here like, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to have excuses to just have all these big explosions and all this big stuff in your face. There is a level of craft and, you know, creativity and, you know, just solid direction throughout. Now, if, uh, um, when it comes down to the fight scenes, which I thought were very well helmed, the fight scenes yeah. were badass, you know, they were well shot, well choreographed, by the way, I would say that much. Um, yeah. All they could tell, yes, yeah, not man, yes, yeah, not man, yeah. but whatever, they were well done. Yeah. Um, set pieces, oh my god, visually, this movie is stunning, it is breathtaking. Yeah. And once again, the, the, the self awareness of it all, right? So, to me, though, how I how I sum it up is that, yeah, this is like a Saturday morning cartoon, but more Japanese Pretty anime much. come to life. Like, this is Dragon Ball Z or some other shonen anime come to life, Jedi, even right down to the poses that a guy makes when he makes his final blow. Or a punch or whatever it is. To yeah. just how characters just talk loud like we will conquer the world and all that kind of stuff. It's really big and in your face. But to me, I don't see any other way this movie could have been, in my opinion. But yeah. Yeah. Um you know what I expect from a Aquaman movie, right? I exactly. mean I don't expect exactly you have, to, you have to just tell a story. No, here's one of the problems with the movie is a mess in terms of story. You could have too much movie, like that three or four different plots going on in this and they, they could have cut a bunch of stuff that thematically don't tie with the other things like i kind of yeah. get why they said but i would have cut a bunch of things however like, it's fine like, like for one thing i i honestly like i was enjoying the indiana jones-esque moments yes even though they had to do the whole temple of doom thing with them jumping out of a plane right but anyway yeah. um i do like the contrast of the well in the trailer when i saw the desert scene i was like well a desert scene this is Aquaman. Right. What are you doing with a desert scene? But they don't understand right. the contrast, right? Desert, ocean, right? Duh, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, the moment when they went inside the, the kind of catacombs area, I was like, 
But this is like straight auto Tomb Raider, Drew. Like, like legit, you know? And that's not bad, but it just kind of felt like, okay, we had to stop to give us this sort of adventure moment, but there wasn't really much to it. It's just find this thing, no real kind of, you know, obstacle anyway. As a, a, in, well, with the exception of, oh, we have to solve this riddle, and that's it, right? Um, yeah. I do like the moment where, well, where he, um, where he, where he gets a new suit and how he does that. Um, having to fight that sort of, um, well, I would, I would call it a gigantic um, octopus. So if it is, maybe is that just a tentacle creature? Yeah. Well, kraken. Uh, well, if you want to use the whole um, Greek stuff, yeah, it's a kraken, right? And right. Um, ironically enough, I didn't even know it until um, a friend mentioned it to me. Uh, Julie Andrews was the voice of that. Like, holy shit. And this was me thinking, oh, well, it was either this or Mary Poppins Returns, right? If you know Julie Andrews starred in the original Mary Poppins, right? So like, oh, shit, here's, here she's, she's in this movie. Okay, cool, whatever. Um, but, you know, the reveal with him with his suit looked really cool. Um, in IMAX, it looks really badass, by the way, right? And you got to see some really badass moments with Jason Momoa as, you know, well, the, the new and improved Aquaman, basically. Or I should say Aquaman 1.0, or 2.0, I should say, right? Um, and right. the subject of, of Jason Momoa, I thought that um, his performance was decent. I would say that much. It's not like a standout, you know, Oscar-worthy performance, of, you know, given the material. But you could tell that this guy was having a blast with this shit. Like, I mean, this is your own movie, Jen. You don't have Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot breathing on your shoulder. Although, in mine, Gal Gadot breathing on my shoulder. <laughs> just kidding. But, yeah, this is his own movie and he just does well. He just commits to the performance. I love that. Um, even in moments where he's just, you know, the average everyday man, just with some yeah. tats and, you know, you know that, that suave attitude that he has, you know, and, you know, quips and whatnot, right? Even right down to when he actually becomes Aquaman himself, you know, you could tell that yeah. he's just enjoying every moment that he is on screen. Um, Amber Hood, uh, as Mira, I thought that she was fine as well. Not only did she look fine, but her performance was, was pretty solid as well, too. And, you know, I like the dynamic between the two, although I wish that they could have explored it a little bit more instead of trying to go for, well, you know, eventually they're going to kiss, right? And, yes, they do it, and it looks every bit as over-the-top and dramatic as you expect it to be. As when, when that moment happened, I was like, well, of course this had to happen. Of course they, they had to play it up like that. It's silly, of course, of uh, course. Yeah, that, that, that reminds me of the, um, the, the scene in, in Man of Steel when Lewis and Clark is with all the destruction around them. Like, oh, they, oh, they, yes. They make... <laughs> yes, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, oh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, he was fine. One more. He was fine. Uh, but I, I felt that character-wise, because, I mean, it's Willem Dafoe, right? Right. You know, outside of Spider-Man, you know, where he played Green, Green Goblin, he is a great actor, but I felt they could have given him a little bit more to do uh, his dialogue was on the cliche hammy side. Sorry, not hammy. I'll get to hammy in a bit. Was on the cliche side because I was looking at it and be like, oh, well, you're clearly the kind of Shaolin monk. You're the, you're the, the, the sensei that, that trains um, Arthur Curry, which is what he does, actually. And I do like how they do the, um, the, the flashback scenes. Uh, really subtle how they do it, although the transition back was kind of clunky, in my opinion. Yeah. There, was one transi- there was one flashback where you saw Arthur as, you know, a teenager, basically. He had his, like, first, like, hand, um, arm tat. And that kid's performance, I mean, no offense to yeah. kid, but that performance was goddamn horrible, Jared. But yeah. it was, no, it was cringe cringeworthy horrible, boy. To the point yeah, that I was just, like, laughing, Jared. Like, 
What do you mean? What are you talking about? Am I yeah. supposed to do this? And you see him like real trying to emote, real trying to cry. I was like, please cut to the next scene. Please cut to the next scene. <laughs> yeah. That was what I was saying, right? Um, Dolph Lundgren was also in this too. I did not know he was in this. Sorry. Yeah. I, did not, I didn't read up the cast list for the movie. My bad, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of not surprising because he was in a little movie called Masters, Masters of the Universe, right? Which kind of yeah. falls in this whole kind of cheesy Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Yeah. It's like this movie and another movie that uh, we boy, Movie Bob, made reference to. Uh, the cult classic from 1980, Flash Gordon, right? Where basically you're trying to reinvent the, the um, character and whatnot, make it more contemporary, but you're still keeping the, the kind of corny business yeah. of the campiness of the source material you know so you're kind of playing the best of both worlds um patrick wilson who by the way yes this is the yeah. collaboration between him and james wan you know he was in country movies he was in insidious movies and here yeah he plays the bad guy he plays Orm marcus marius sorry aka ocean master which is so yeah. a threatening evil name right but whatever um he was a character who, who was who's hammy in this because, yes, he has to be all theatrical and be like, yes, I am the best warrior and I will be the ocean master and together we will rule the surface world and re- get rid of the surface dwellers. I'm glad that he didn't do the mwahahaha laugh, but he was close to it. He was close to it. But even him, you could tell, was having fun. I like that it was a, a, a welcome change of pace for him, seeing that, you know, he always plays like these kind of straight characters in like weird situations with you know, the Insidious and the Conjuring films, right? Um, right. Nicole Kidman, did not know she was in this as well, too. She she plays Atlan- Atlanta, sorry. So she is the Atlantean mother of um, Arthur. And the father, the human father, who's played by Timura Morrison. Haven't seen him in a movie, um, actually. He plays Jango Fett in Star Wars Episode Two. I thought that he was great in this. He was really great. Um, you know, he is believable as this old guy who just so smitten by Nicole Kidman and I mean, I, I, I honestly don't blame him. I, I'd be smitten. If, I am smitten by him, right? Still to this day, right? Whatever. But the whole kind of thing with him, and well, early on in the, in the film, because um, they established the, the love they had for each other, um, her having to be more or less be arrested and sent back to, um, to Atlantis because, you know, she left and, you know, um, basically had this kid, basically this human kid. Um, so I like the, the, the little angle where it's like, okay, well, you come out, you know, um, at the edge of the, well, the pier by this lighthouse, KZ lighthouse keeper, by the way, you know, just wait for me to come back, I'll return one day. I thought that was, that was pretty nice, right? Uh, although, I'll admit, it did remind me of um, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, with, uh, with Orlando Bloom and Kara Knightley's character, basically. It has that kind of vibe, like, you know, I'll come to meet you one day, just come out there and I'll be there. That's very Pirates of the Caribbean. And speaking of pirates... Ah, boy. Black Man Turbo. <laughs> um, yes, I do like the setup with his father being this sort of, like, uh, mercenary... I would call him, like, a modern pirate, basically, right? Um, but it's the moment where, you know, the last moment with, with, uh, with Black Manta, well, before he came, became Black Manta, sorry, him and his dad was so borderline cliche. I remember both of us was just like, yeah, we were just laughing at it, like, how dramaticized we were going at it. Um, but as far as the transition to him being Black Manta goes, I thought it was pretty cool. Even though he is kind of like hammy in terms of, yes, I am the bad guy and I must avenge my father. Ah, you know what I mean? Although, and we, we talked about this afterwards, I like how they justify why his helmet is always wide. You know? Yeah. 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 I always thought that was just 
a joke now, like why is this helmet so goddamn wide now? But they established yeah. that well in yeah, the it, Yeah, so the, the most most fans define it as well. The reason is that because it had to fit his head properly and it's a costume thing. But other cartoons had it where the helmet was small, so it was like whatever. And we always saw the smaller helmets anyway. Uh, but in this, they justify it as lasers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just a few more things I just want to mention before we get to your last words, right? Uh, like I said, the score was excellent um, in terms of just how loud, how loud, sorry, and boisterous it was. Like it just fit the film perfectly, right? Although yeah. um, I, I, I kind of was wishing that they didn't put this in the movie. I thought they would have put it at the end credits, at least when people would have get up and walk and just not care to hear it. They had to train that Pitbull song by Ocean to Ocean, which is one of the worst songs of 2018. I don't care. It's one of the worst songs of 2018. I hate that song. Why, oh, why, oh, why would Pitbull and his production team and whoever the chick who sings the chorus, Ray, whoever his name is, why would they butcher Toto's Africa for, boy? Why? Why do this? It was just so annoying. When it, when the song came up, I was like, fuck this song. But... Yeah. And it's a real don't vote, sir. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The don't vote for this on YouTube is, 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 is well-deserved, in my opinion. But... I was telling myself this. This is so James one because I was reminded of um, in Fury Seven in the Abu Dhabi scene. This is where all the characters dress up in suit and tie, and then you heard um, you know uh, you heard Little John's turn down for what? And then they had this montage, quick montage of them just walking into the the casino place. That moment when the song comes in, it reminded me of that. But oh my god, the montage for this was so silly, Jed. It's basically Jason Momoa and Amber Heard coming out to the beach, real jeans, born Dr. No style. I was just like shaking my head, like, wow, this is yeah. so James Wan, Jed. Like, you have to have the big, the big song, but have it all flashy. Like, this is such a flashy moment. Let's have our characters be flashy, have them come out in the water, you know sun glistening on his skin and shit, you know what I mean? It's so jeans one. Can it remind me a lot of Furious 7? But that awkward musical choice aside, um, I really did enjoy the, the action sequences. For the most part, they were really fun, very engaging, really intense, I would say. You know, um, I was just surprised at how intense those sequences were. Even though, yeah, nobody really died human-wise, but still, you got the intensity of it. Um, the characters, you know what I mean? There's, there's lots of characters. Way too much, in my opinion. They, they try to introduce a lot of characters, a lot of um, exposition involved. And it's always like, you know, well, this happened way back two centuries ago and all that kind of stuff. You know, lots of moments where the movie kind of stops to give you all this exposition and backstory. And while I do appreciate it, while I do like the fact that they really flesh out the story, it's like, you're literally stopping the film to show us this. And the movie done long already, yeah? And there are moments where I'll say, yeah, the movie, you don't really feel the length of it, but when you get into exposition mode, yeah, that's when you feel it. That's when you feel the movie kind of dragged it. Um, but on that though, like I say, the movie just delivered exactly what I expected it to do, to deliver, sorry, and so much more. But I honestly did not expect this movie to commit to, it, to its absurdity. After yeah. after that, it really does commit it, boy. From the visual effects, which which by the way were done by into the um, industrial light and magic, and it really did come true solidly enough with with the, with the visuals. Although I would say, when it comes to showing the main characters swimming or wide shots of them moving about in the ocean, I was kind of like, all right, it it kind of tells the characters, but maybe they could have tweaked it to make it look kind of real. But I don't know if they could have done much. I don't know. 
but the well, the stuff in 3D, I thought it was looking a little dark. I'm not sure if that was a big problem. Like, they didn't really think the 3D properly. No. Oh, you mean um, for, like, what, interior shots? Or, like, what? The... Everything. So especially, like, the big final action sequence. I think stuff was just looking dark. Oh, you didn't find it was as bright as the colors kind of suggest. Exactly. I, well, I don't know if it's because of the cinema that we're in, but I kind of rule it as, once again, Warner Brothers being Warner Brothers. If you remember the CG OG, that was the third act of Wonder Woman, it does have that kind of like look to it, you yeah. know, where it's yeah. you're seeing fiery colors and whatnot, and maybe well in this case because Atlantis you see a lot of blues and greens and stuff, but you always have that dark tinge to things, right? So it's always like a shadowy aspect involved, you know what I mean? So I I, I would say it's as I said the choice, it's Warner Brothers doing what they always do, right? But yeah, but yeah, like I say, I was just in shock at how committed they were to just the absurdity of it. This is wild. This is insane. This is just so much in your face, right? I understand why some, you know, snotty, you know, critics will, will turn their nose and be like, uh, this is this is a farce. This is not filmmaking. This is just yeah. CG and VFX and just insanity with no story. This is this is a shame, blah. But this is just big budget filmmaking at its wildest, in my opinion. And once yeah. again, it comes courtesy of Warner Brothers who have been doing this thing for years. I see this, I'll see this again. You've been doing this thing for years, Shed, and this is like the epitome of it in my opinion. But in no way do I see it's a bad thing. They're just doing what they do best, Shed, and for the most part, it works so well with this movie. Um, Ricardo, any, any last words in the movie before I get to, to rate it? No, yeah, uh, to me, it was just, um, as I said, you know, Disney, sorry, I said this, DC, can I give up on the vision for this, this Zack Snyder you know, paradigm, and uh, look, we now find another that is Zack Snyder paradigm is truly dead now. Time to move on, and they effectively just gave us a super, a super friends cartoon episode. And I, even though I, I would have preferred something being more coherent and 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 logical, at least quote unquote logical, or at least internally coherent, like how the MCU does their job for the most part quite well. Yeah, me this, too, me too, me too. Yeah, this this was a. I'm gonna be clear. This was trash, but my kind of trash. It was really incoherent and a mess, and did not come for a bunch of shit. But I kind of didn't care at this point, given you know, the bullshit that we get from before. It's like, well, if you, have, if you have a choice to make, I prefer this. So, whatever, fuck it. Yeah. Um, so, that is about it. I, it, I'm, I'm, I kind of bounce around with what the score is going to be because it's good in this way, but terrible in that way and whatever. So, we'll, it'll probably balance off the score I'm going to give. Anyway, um, right. where's the score? Well, for me, I would say this hands down. This is one of my guilty pleasure movies of 2018. This joins... Overlord, which was which I assume was going to be the only movie that in, in that category. But now nah, boy, this one deserves to be on, on that list right? because of how absurd, how wild, how batshit crazy and insane it is, without being too insane, of course. I mean this is not some kind of movie that just makes absolutely no sense. You just watch it because the visuals. Um the visuals are there, the story is there for the most part but yeah the story could have been fleshed out a lot better it could have been a lot stronger and not really rely on you know the the overabundance of of vfx but for what it's worth though i still would give this a light uh, i would still give this as a guilty pleasure movie a decent four to five man i was gonna say light but i would say a lighter decent four to five really right i would say this is a movie that deserves deserves to be seen on big screen right in theaters right. in 3d in imax if you could right if you're willing to wait Till it comes out on home media, 
I I personally would actually buy this shit if I could. I would play this on my on my monitor. I would have my volume up to eleven. I'd just be blasting this shit, Jed. I just shut my brain off and just relish in the in the you know it just the absurdity of Warner Brothers big budget filmmaking, Jed. But yeah, like I said, this is a guilty pleasure, true and true. There's no way me saying that this is a terrible movie at all. And I guess if you're going expecting a strong story, strong characters, and just really establishing why we should care about Aquaman, you will be yeah. disappointed by this. But if you just want just a movie that will just stand out amongst the amongst the stuff that we've gotten so far with the DCEU, you know, something that will really really hold its own basically. Um just on yeah. the visuals alone, then yeah, it, it does work. Right. But I still say I... go see it if you get a chance. Right. Uh, so yeah, this was pretty much Pacific Rim. Um, Pacific Rim two. Pacific Rim two for me again, all over again. <laughs> oh uh, lord! But I actually enjoyed this way more than Pacific Rim two, boy, because I had the Pacific Pacific Rim, sorry, set up so much into the aesthetic, and then this the sequel this right. cover say now, nah, well, Del Toro, all they make um earning Oscars and shit. So let me just um let me just go to Saturday morning cartoons and. Godzilla, you know, throwbacks and whatnot, and yeah, but dumb it, 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 and make no sense. Wow, yeah, oh, yeah, well, that, that's um, that's utterly shocking, though. Eh? So, I don't know. Uh, oh, you, oh, you, oh, well, no, I mean, if you, if you actually like Perseverium 2, that's fine, though, but for me, I was just kind of indifferent to it. I, I remember yeah. just like well, I, um, it, was, <laughs> it was what it was, but I really did feel it was a step down from what Del Toro established with um, the first film because with the first film, it was like a labor love, you could tell the man know the shit, he loved it, he put his heart into it, maybe not too much, but you could tell he put his creativity yeah. into it, and in this new one, it was just like, well, we don't know what to do, how are we going to go forward, so let's just be Power Rangers, right? And that was it. Yeah, but for me, it was the exact opposite. All the things I wanted in Pacific Rim, I got in Pacific Rim too, even though it was less filmmaking. It was a shame that, and that's basically what I got from this. I really thought, I really wish we could have gotten a better coherent narrative from this. Right. Um, but, it just was just went so bold and so ridiculous with it. I was like, well, it just push all the right buttons. I mean, never have never have encountered a film that push all the more base more base buttons in this way and then all more higher functioning buttons negatively in this way. Because if I were to cater to the higher functioning thing, this movie's terrible. But okay, so the base aspects, I love it. I can imagine a young kid loving this. Um a lot. Of course. Uh, yeah. But I can yeah, so, imagine like none like I would imagine like non-comic book fans enjoying this too right yeah exactly and look because of the big spectacle it gets a lot of points for that but because of the story it's just a total mess i'm over the goddamn place i'd drop it some points so yeah go see it in imax because of the spectacle um but from an actual rating standpoint i get us a high cc it um it's all right all right, all kind, right. Of, kind of a mess not, not total nonsense but you actually started to think about it but i will admit i did have a ton of fun with it, especially those last couple of shots and the final action sequence, I was like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. But it was, yeah, it was just complete nonsense, um, sadly. Um, you know, it's really a shame that, you know, as I say, where's Alan Burnett and all of this? I, I'm not angry at this, too. Um, but, you know, again, much like with, with Bumblebee, um, it's a shame that we can, you know, get this in the context of a better franchise. Or a yeah. better mega franchise, or whatever you want to call these things now, right? Um, cinematic universe, whatever, right? Uh, that's pretty much it. 
So that's well, about it. Yeah, so last thing you say about, about well, the DCU going forward, well, next year we get in Shazam and Wonder Woman 1984. So I already know both shows are going to have their own individual aesthetic and, you know, commit to those, right? So that's why I can't be too mad about Aquaman being over the top. I mean, it's about a guy who yeah. rides a seahorse who talks to fish, right? And goes, boom, 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 boom. I mean, what more you could ex- what more you could expect in 2018, right? Um, yeah. But I don't know if this is going to be a sign of things to come with whenever they decide to do another, um, you know, super team movie, like, say, another Justice League or whatnot. I don't know if they're just going to go big or go home, if that's the, if that's, if that's the, um, the, the, the hook now. I'm not too sure. I, I, I can't even say if, the, if it's going to be a detriment to the, to the DCU overall. But I don't know. I, I guess we just had to see when, when it comes out, when, when these films come out. Yeah. But yeah. I would say with, with Aquamando, there is some gas in the tank left with DCU. I mean... Right. I mean, well, one woman showed that there is hope, right? Um, but yeah, with with Aquaman, it shows that yeah, they, they they still have some creativity going on. They're not half-assing anything, right? Well, we could argue about the story for these, but still, um, but still, a little worried about the direction of the DCU where it's gonna go next. Seeing that they just kind of just do the just leading and they didn't really do much, but eh, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where where can we find you online? I'm at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. That is at R-M-E-D-E-Y. Well, no, let me spell that again. At R-M-E-D-D-Y. <laughs> Come on, you forget. <laughs> on Twitter. And then, Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You can find me right there. All right. You could find me on Twitter as well. Just look for Legally Black MJB. MJB and capital letters. You could also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you'll find a link to this podcast, including retrospect reviews. And also on Instagram, you could find me as uh, Matthew Bailey Reviews. You, you know, you could just go check that out. And, you know, I wouldn't mind a follow, too. Really appreciate that. And uh, last things last. So, yes, we, we have made it to more or less the, the finale of BSB Bailey Season 4. So we will be counting down our favorite you know, projects of 2018, be it hip-hop albums, instrumentals, EPs, TV shows, uh, maybe a game or two. I don't know if you have a best games listed. You may want to mention best songs, yeah. um, best uh, movies, worst movies of, uh, as well, because, yeah, they, as, as much as they were, like, tons of great movies, and I'll tell you guys one time, it was hard, 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 hard to go with a top 10 list. I really had to sacrifice some and just really really figure which which were the 10 i want to take away from this year but yeah but there was also some movies where i was like yeah i really don't care about these movies i don't i don't want to see them ever again i was burnt once i don't need to see them again so you can expect all of those with our season finale and yeah that's pretty much about it so once again guys good morning good afternoon good evening good night whenever you listen this was matthew bilian Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. So until the next one, take care. Peace.